Chapter 10 of The Princess and the Plowman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by K. L. Zelke. The Princess and the Plowman by Florence Morse Kingsley. Chapter 10. Judge Chantry sat in his own library in his accustomed chair of carved mahogany placed at its wanton angle in relation to his massive desk this imposing concatenation of furniture and legal authority no longer suggested an inaccessible olympian peak to the eyes of the girl who sat opposite nevertheless she waited with her accustomed docility for her guardian to speak he did so at length tapping softly at measured intervals upon the page of a letter which lay spread out before him the habitual gesture conveying to the beholder's mind in some subtle way the conscious mastery of the man over the matter in hand what you have told me mary with regard to your marriage is perhaps the more surprising when taken in connection with this uh, document judge chantry said thoughtfully Mary's gray eyes were fastened expectantly upon his face. She did not speak. I have here a communication received by the morning post from a person who signs himself Hugh Ghent. That is the name of your husband, I believe you told me. Yes, she murmured breathlessly as her guardian applied himself deliberately to a perusal of the clearly written page signing himself as i have said hugh ghent went on the judge hmm, uh, very singular indeed what is it that is singular about his letter she asked something new and unlooked for in her voice caused her guardian to look up at her sharply from over his glasses had this letter contained certain demands even threats i should not have been surprised he said slowly in permitting yourself to be drawn into this uh, hasty and ill-advised marriage with a perfect stranger you may not be aware of it mary but in reality you have laid yourself open to very serious annoyance and yes loss of various descriptions loss of prestige in short of reputation and most certainly of money it is a very grave risk you incurred mary very grave i tremble to think what might have been the result had this man ghent been disposed to push his legal claims he is not like that cried mary you do not know him nor do you it would seem retorted the judge dryly however he removed his eyeglasses, using them to accentuate his dominant tapping upon the letter, which he again spread upon his desk. As a matter of fact, this person, whom we must for all present call your husband, takes a very unlooked-for position with regard to his relation to yourself. In a word, he expressly waives any and all claims upon your fortune and person mary drew a deep breath and her eyes fell to her lap in which her hands lay loosely folded he states continued her guardian that it is his earnest wish that you may be entirely unhindered 
in the carrying out of your plans and purposes and ends by requesting me to second his wishes in every possible way may i ask what plans and purposes you have in mind madame i intend to use all my money to build a college for women in hawaii said mary in a small uncertain voice curiously unlike her own i wish to do this immediately to-morrow if possible judge chantrey permitted one corner of his mouth to slowly relax it was his nearest approach to a smile i should like it if you can arrange everything so that i can go away at once she went on in a firmer tone he he expects me to do it ah a sharp note of inquiry recalled her eyes to his face yes she said slowly i told him everything all about the will and of how i wished above all things to go to hawaii and devote my life to the higher education of the women there and he he said he would marry me so that i could do this and and he did your husband mr gant expects to join you in hawaii of course said the judge with careful politeness i begin to understand i think mary shook her head no she said in a low voice he will remain here it is i who must go away alone i i hope i expect miss vivian will go with me we have been making plans for a long time for the college then i am to infer that this marriage of uh, of convenience was arranged between you and miss vivian with the consent of the man inquired her guardian ironically again mary shook her head felice knew nothing of it till till the day of the wedding where did this marriage ceremony take place in mr gant's cornfield replied mary dejectedly she was apparently quite indifferent to the incredulous gaze which the judge had fixed upon her face and why in the cornfield if i may venture to inquire we that is i had never seen him except in the cornfield and afterward we had a luncheon at his house i enjoyed that very much who comprised the party the clergyman his wife felice vivian and an old man andrew mckillahanny and his daughter they live with him they are his best friends <laughs> very interesting indeed you have the certificate of marriage i suppose mary laid a folded paper on the desk he said you would like to see it she murmured judge chantrey busied himself with the document for a few minutes this appears to be correct he said at length but of course i shall have to verify it mary gazed at him inquiringly i must look up the record of the officiating clergyman and also see if the other papers in the case were properly made out and filed it will take some days by the way this marriage took place yesterday i see at what time did you uh, where did you take leave of your husband mary's limpid gaze clouded he walked with felice and me as far as the hedge she said slowly then he went away i shall never see him again why do you say that the judge asked with a gleam of something very like humanizing curiosity in his eyes 
he said that he would remain there at home and i must go to hawaii how soon can you give me my money sir i should like it to be right away if you please judge chantrey leaned back in his chair and surveyed his ward with the air of a man who had recently acquired a limited stock of fine-grained patience your property he began is not uh, exactly in the case with that of the small boy who keeps his pennies in a cast-iron bank it is in short invested yes acquiesced mary but you can get it for me can't you precisely i am coming to that in due course it is invested i was about to inform you madam in a variety of ways in stocks in bonds in corporations in real estate all good all solid and unimpeachable i have looked out for that but any considerable property so invested and yielding interest if suddenly turned into cash at a for sale is bound to depreciate do you follow me yes but i don't mind that sighed mary the depreciating i mean if i can only have it right away there is also one other thing to be considered proceeded her guardian imperturbably which may or may not have occurred to your mind your property while it is a fairly large one would be a mere drop in a very dry bucket if invested in a college for women in hawaii also such an undertaking is too vast for a person of your age and experience i have the honor to be trustee of a woman's college in america and i am frequently reminded that as a gilt-edge investment a college is hardly that will make no difference interrupted mary she was twisting her wedding ring upon her white finger do you think she asked earnestly that i could go to-morrow her guardian deliberately resumed the measured tapping of his eyeglasses which he appeared to concentrate upon the clear signature of hugh ghent it will be well i think tap 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 for you to school yourself to certain unavoidable delays in the matter tap 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 legal procedures are necessarily somewhat tedious in their nature and i foresee tap 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 many hindrances of one sort or another which uh, will probably prevent your departure for hawaii for at least a year mary leaned forward in her chair her eyes shone with a sudden lovely radiance of joy which startled her guardian could you lend me the money sir she asked he expects me to go at once you know no madam i regret to say that it would be impossible for me to negotiate a loan of that magnitude just at present but i can scarcely see how your action whether deferred or immediate will affect your husband he leaves you entirely free and you tell me you never expect to see him again may i uh, ask if this man ghent is personally disagreeable to you is he for example a rude boorish sort of person mary's eyes opened wide oh no she breathed he is well madam am i to infer that you are unable to tell me what sort of person your husband is 
Mary had risen and was looking appealingly down at her guardian. "'I don't think I can tell you,' she said at last. "'He is not like any man I ever saw before.' "'An ugly, ill-favoured fellow, eh? "'Stoop-shouldered, sullen, stupid, a typical farmhand, in short. "'Yes, yes, I understand perfectly.' "'But I wonder at you, Mary, for consenting to bear his name for twenty-four hours.' "'He is very handsome, I think,' said Mary slowly, her fine dark brows drawn into a thoughtful pucker, as if she were looking intently at a pictured face. "'He is tall, and broad-shouldered, and very strong, I know, because he can lift me with ease, and I am heavy.' He has blue eyes, very beautiful and gentle, yet they seem to look one through and through. His hair is dark brown and waves a little. His hands are muscular. He is kind and generous, and he—she stopped short. Very good, exclaimed her guardian briskly. It seems rather a pity, on the whole, that you should have made up your mind to a legal separation. Mary gazed at him helplessly. "'What do you mean?' she asked. "'That is precisely what it amounts to,' replied her guardian dryly. "'I have here Mr. Gent's signed declaration to the effect that you are absolutely free, and you have as definitely declared your intention to live apart from your husband as long as you live. An unlimited divorce, it seems to me, which would leave you both unhampered, would be more equitable.' Indeed, it would be perfectly easy, in existing circumstances, for either party to obtain a complete annulment of the marriage. You have, however, legally secured the control of your property by means of this singular marriage, and I congratulate you, madam, upon the fact. Mary's wide eyes were upon his face. She seemed frozen into a lovely statue of dismay. I do not, however, recommend any hasty action with regard to the divorce or annulment of the marriage of which I have spoken, resumed the judge with a perspicacious frown. It might lead to certain undesirable complications in the transfer of the property. It will be altogether best, I think, for the present, for you to consider yourself what you are, in fact, Mrs. Hugh Ghent. Shall you— "'Say all this to him?' faltered Mary. Her guardian's stern mouth relaxed at both corners. His shrewd eyes actually twinkled. "'Well, not at present, Mary,' he said gravely. "'It would be, I think, rather premature, from a legal standpoint, you understand. I should not like to uh, precipitate matters.'" End of chapter 10